Welcome to I Want to Tell You One Thing, a podcast for emerging entrepreneurs. Whether you are just starting out, contemplating a change, stepping away from the traditional nine to five, or working so that your side hustle becomes a full-time gig, this podcast is for you. I'm your host, Katie, a social media coach and strategist, and more importantly, a fellow entrepreneur. Each week, I sit down with another small business owner and ask them to share one thing they learned in those first tumultuous years. Hopefully, their advice will save you some of those mistakes, sleepless nights, and moments of insecurity. These conversations have certainly inspired me. My hope is that we can learn and grow together. Now, let's dive into this week's one thing. Today, I have Sarah here, and I'm super excited to um, talk with her about her entrepreneurial journey. Welcome, Sarah. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, awesome. So tell us a little bit about you and kind of about being a business owner. Sure. I'll try to abbreviate it. So I've been a business owner. I'm I'm 45, and I started when I was 18, Wow. and I set the goal that I wanted to retire rich, financially free by the time I was 40. I just didn't wow. know. I actually was in bankruptcy and pregnant at the time. So it sounded really crazy, mm-hmm. but I started off. I didn't, I didn't, I dropped out of college pregnant. I started out cleaning houses and you could only clean so many houses in a day. Right. So then I got into network marketing and it was actually Avon and okay. I made that into a big business. I had 500 people selling under me. We sold um, seven figures every year, my team. Wow. Wow. And then I decided to start a company with my husband, who is kind of a mad scientist, and he invented things. So we launched a manufacturing business, and we did that together for 12 years, and then we sold that in the seven figures. Um, Before that, we started investing in real estate. Um, Okay. So we have a pretty nice real estate portfolio. And so that's kind of what, what I kind of do now is I manage that. But most recently I thought, man, I've learned a lot on this journey. And I think this is really possible for a lot of people, but they just don't teach this kind of stuff, whether it's finance or mindset or uh, leverage or negotiating or any of these things that you have to do in business. So I recently started a business um, called Already Her, and it can be found at alreadyher.com, where I, right now, there's nothing I'm offering. I I have some products in the hopper that aren't launched yet, but right now I'm just putting out content and tools for people to kind of um, lay the groundwork for themselves. Nice. That's it in a nutshell. exciting. So did you retire by 40 technically? Okay. I did. I retired right before my 41st birthday. So I still count it, but that totally. was five years ago. And, you know, I have, I live in the dream house. I have the car I wanted. I, you know, I spend my time the way I want. Um, everything I, I basically shot for, I got it. So nice. yeah. Wow. Very impressive. And now you're just taking all those skills you learned and kind of applying them to another venture. <laughs> exactly. And I will add, I think it gets easier the more oh, you do it and you have that lateral skill set where it transfers into one thing, even though those were all very different businesses for me. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even get to take any of my customers from one to another because they don't care. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. You know, um, but the skills transfer. Oh, this and is interesting. Cool. So I was talking to somebody yesterday for the podcast and she and her husband own a brick and mortar gym. Then she got into the network marketing and she sells the essential oils. And now she's doing the online coaching side, a little bit kind of like you in reverse. Um, 
and the same, she says like, none of the clients really transfer from one to the other, but like all the skill sets are the same. The totally. systems are the same and it's much easier that way. Yes. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay. So tell me what's the one thing that you're, that you're always telling people. Okay. So the one thing I'm always telling people is actually kind of a two thing, but okay. they're equal. They get equal airtime. So the one thing is to be very flexible with your timeline. Okay. I hear people come up with when they think the X needs to happen or milestones. And I'm just like, why? Mm -hmm. How'd you come up with that? And it's usually just super random. But I think if you are obsessive about the action required to get to that, that mm -hmm. is way more important than the actual time. So be very flexible in your timeline, because I think if you don't meet it, that can be an excuse to, oh, I didn't make it. No, mm -hmm. be flexible with the timeline. The other thing is, I think you need more money than you think you need. So that's for sure. <laughs> and I think that no matter who you are, what kind of business it is, money can help. Capital mm -hmm. helps. So it's also a lot easier to get it before you need it. Mm -hmm. And if you have yeah. a job, it's also a lot easier to get it, secure it before you quit your job. Yes. So I think that you should get a home equity line or a bank line of credit or um, there's credit cards with open credit or butter up your family. Just kind of let them know what you're doing way before you need it. Uh, so you okay. have that, you know, down the line, should you need to tap into it? Maybe you don't, hopefully you don't, but mm -hmm. those are my two things. You need more yeah. capital and Interesting. So um, let's start with the capital because I think that one's that that is so true that I think often you think, oh, it's only going to take this amount. And then like within six months, I'm going to be making it. And then suddenly you're like, shoot, <laughs> not so. Or you don't realize all the extra expenses. I think especially now, like then you have a website, then you got to pay someone for something else. Then you got, you know, like all of that. So how do you Besides like having those extra lines of credit that you were saying or buttering up your, your relatives, what are some other ways that people can kind of prepare for that before they launch? Well, business? I know that the mistakes that I made is I spent money on stupid things in the beginning that I didn't need. Okay. So like really um, applying mindfulness to yeah. your spending and thinking what, like for me, I want to learn more. And, you know, right now mm -hmm. courses are so hot Yeah. and, you know, I need to learn more. I need to do this, but is that actually going to affect my bottom line? Mm -hmm. Whereas the website or, you know, maybe learning SEO versus yeah, something else. So is it really going to move the needle in my business? So yeah. really taking the critical eye and I worked three jobs. Mm -hmm. I did. Yeah. I wasn't shy. You know, I was like, I just have to work. I, I, you know, that's how I'm going to have the extra capital when I was in the, in the beginning. So mm -hmm. lines of credit and not being shy of, to work and take a lower job, you know, yeah. than you think is your meant for or whatever, yeah, you know, sure. but then your skill set. Yeah. I think it's interesting too, that you bring up this idea of like, I think a lot of people, especially early on, waste a lot of money on these courses yeah. because they're marketed really well. And like, you need this, you can't afford not to do this. And I know, I know so many like early young entrepreneurs who just waste a ton of money on a ton of courses. Yes. And they're like neck deep in like five different courses, trying to balance it all. Yeah. I, I think you learn. I honestly, I can only speak for myself. I learned the most through doing. Yeah. Exactly. And get your ass off the couch or, you know, off the computer or wherever yeah. you're taking the course and go mm -hmm. make mistakes. Yeah. And learn that way. Exactly. Know? Yeah. You gotta, you gotta learn. You gotta learn what your audience wants. You gotta learn what you're capable of. And 
a course might give you some of the basics, but it's not, it's not going to really teach you that. No. Nope. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay. And this flexible thing I think is really interesting because when you started, you said you had set the goal to be right. Like totally yes. f- retired by 40, which you hit that goal, but then you're saying be flexible. So explain that. <laughs> Well, I think you, it's a good idea to have one. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't ever stressed out because I gave myself 20 years, right? Yeah. You know, when someone says I'm going to be a millionaire in six months, I'm like, okay, let's chat. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? But when they're like five years or 10 years, I'm like, okay, let's work with that. You know, that's uh-huh. cool. Um, so I think it's important to have it, but don't let it be a reason to shut yourself down or think you're failing or any of that, because you can't know the things that are going to crop up and get in mm-hmm. your way. You just can't and affect sure. that. So it's the flexibility. It's not that I, I think they shouldn't have one. I think you should. I think you need to have something to aim at, mm-hmm. but just be flexible with achieving it. Sure. That makes sense. So for all the different businesses you've had, did you, were you like really ambitious in setting all your goals and like all your timelines for that? Or how did that work? Yes. I don't know. Oh, so I have my vision board behind me, which is actually a compilation of all my past vision boards. Oh, fun. And, you know, I used to have, they weren't even vision. They were just like spreadsheets with oh, dates yeah. and targets and this and that kind of stuff. And so I still have all that to remind myself of how rigid yeah. I was and why that, you know, I didn't, it didn't always work out, but I had this like framework in place. Mm-hmm. So oh, now I forgot the question. Um, I think it's important to have them and, you know, track it, but yeah. Sure. Got it. Um, so what would you say, especially I think for early entrepreneurs who, I think especially when you launch, you you think you're going to be at a certain point by a year in or six months in or two years in and, and very frequently you're not there um, or you're not as far along as you think. So like what advice would you give them when they feel like this isn't working, <laughs> like I'm not hitting any of my timeline goals? Right. Um, I think that you, you throw those that timeline out the window, like that's your problem. Your focus is in the wrong place and get to the things that actually have moved you forward in your business. What are those things and how much more, how more frequently can you do those things only? Sure. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And focusing really on in on that instead mm-hmm. of all the other stuff the that noise. can distract you, yeah. pull you away from the purpose and the people you're serving and that, that makes sense. Interesting. Um, so with this new with this new venture of yours, you're kind of starting another business again, basically, right? Like starting all over. Um, so where where do you want to go with that? Like, what's your your plan? Oh, it's very clear. <laughs> um, I and I have a timeline, but I, I it's very whatever. Um, yeah. So I want to empower a hundred thousand people. It was women, but I've started to get men coming into my circle. So I'm like, okay, let's adjust it. Um, yeah. To to feel empowered to design and execute whatever their dream life is. That's different than mine, but I've done it. So I can say, oh, well, here's how we do these things. So mm-hmm. that's it. Um, and so I, my, we have manufacturing background, so I have products, physical products to help it. But right now I'm just trying to get that empowerment piece going and kind of light that that fire in people that, oh, this is, this is possible for me. Yeah. Um, so that's where I'm going with it. I like it. I like it. So for part of that, do you do a lot of like visualization or mindfulness or what, how is that? So I'm all over the place. Um, I have mental illness. I have, you know, OCD, I have anxiety. So 
I'm very keen to managing your brain. Like it's, it's, it's mandatory. So I bring in that. So lots of psychology, lots of mindfulness, all of the things you're saying, I use all of the tools. My husband this morning is like, you need to chill out on all your tools. I'm like, but they all work, you know? Um, so I journal, I teach that I affirmations. I live and die for my affirmations, my, my vision board. I've had that for 20 years. Um, all of the things. So yeah, you know, I bring in, I'm an avid reader. I read, you know, eight books a month. So I just try to like piece together and I kind of prescribe. I, you know, I talk to the person, I ask them what their diagnosis is. Do you Mm -hmm. have a mental issue? Cause I get that. Um, You know, what's your history? What's your experience? And I try to bring together whatever they're bringing to the table with what I know and try to guide them that way. I like that. I like that too, because it sounds like it's kind of like person by person. So, because you know what, what works for one person isn't necessarily going to be the best for another, right? Some people love writing and other people are like, do not put a pen in my hand. Like I will never journal, but right. I can read self-help or I can do, you know, visualization or whatever. So yeah, that's, that's great. And so many people need that. I feel like in today's world, the help and the assistance. I know. For sure. Um, before we started recording, you mentioned that you're always telling people they should start a business. So I want to talk more about that because I think that's so interesting. Why do you say that? Well, I actually wrote a piece on my blog and I would love it if people went and read it and I'm not going to like blow by blow, but I just think it's like a crash course in life. I call mm-hmm. it like the masters in life. I mean, cause you learn, you have to learn numbers. You cannot just have someone else deal with your numbers and what better way than dealing with your own numbers to understand how money works and finance you are forced to become resourceful because you need things. You need vendors. You need customers. You're forced to learn uh, communication skills with your employees, mm-hmm. with everybody, because yeah. you're only going to get good results based on how well you are interacting with people. If you're an asshole, sorry, no one is going to, you know, they don't want to do business with you. They don't want to work for you. None of that. So you are forced to what else? Oh, there's just so many things. I just think it's such a rich learning experience. Mm-hmm. And even if you don't end up being quote unquote successful, mm-hmm. what you get out of it is so valuable. Mm-hmm. I never went to college, so I can't compare it, but I talk to a lot of people who do and they're like, Oh yeah, you pretty much got it. And I'm like, Oh, well I got all that from learning in business, you know? Right. So Yeah. I think too, you learn a lot about yourself Yes, as a absolutely. business owner and way more than you do as an employee. Like that's something that I've just realized these last few years, like, suddenly I'm seeing myself in a completely different light and understanding my own strengths and weaknesses in a way that I never understood when I was just reporting to a boss and showing up and like doing good work and putting in the effort. But like now it's, it's all me, like self-motivate, like you got to do it all. Otherwise, like no one's doing it. So I think that is a really, you're so right. And that's totally a good point is you have to be your own cheerleader. Because yeah. you don't have a boss or anyone. So you have to learn to really uh, appreciate your own strengths and what you're bringing to the table. And so the self-confidence that can come from that is mm-hmm. priceless. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um, so random question for you. So when you first started and you were doing the Avon and that, which is, you know, network marketing and whatever. And I feel like network marketing now has like a bad rap. It does. It did then too. <laughs> I'm sure. And I'm sure it did then too. Um, but I think even more so now because of all the like, smarmy people who are just like messaging you on Instagram and expecting, you you know? Yeah. So I'm curious how like the skills you learned selling Avon helped you then start your other businesses and like have success in other areas. I'm going to make this short and sweet and tell you the most valuable thing I learned from that is I'm immune to rejection. 
Oh. All I did was ask people if they, my, my highest and best goal was to get them to sign up and sell under me. Right. Sure. Okay. So that's what I went for. I went for the top, but I knew that I would always end up with a customer or someone who knew a customer knew someone who would want to sell or someone who would eventually be one of those things. So in my mind, I'm looking at you and you are one of those things. You just don't know it yet. Yeah. Yeah. So, your no to me was just kind of like, I'm, I'm sifting through. So now like someone tells me, I don't care. And so that was the most valuable thing I ever got. And I, I also tell people get started in network marketing for that reason. So that you can ask a bunch of people and get turned down. Interesting. That's yeah, actually that's, I could see that as being really, really helpful, especially later on when then starting a business or trying to scale up yes. that business. I like that. Very interesting. Um, I had another question and now it totally escaped my mind along those lines. Um, but yeah, the MLM thing, it's so interesting because I feel like I've talked to, I don't know, this is probably my 10th interview right now for this podcast. And some people are in MLMs and other people are like, no, I would never do an MLM. Like it's horrible. Network marketing is bad. And I'm like, well, it's interesting because there are some people who are really killing it on the network marketing side and and they're legit businesses they hustle hard they work a lot you know yeah yeah really interesting um so curious um what mistakes you made kind of early on in any of the various businesses you've had that like people could learn from or that you were like okay i'm never doing this again and this is what i need to change as a result um, I think I, that was one of your questions or something. So I thought about that and I was trying to like come up with one that was universal. That wasn't like very specific sure. and overarching is becoming in love with an idea or a concept or a revenue stream or a, a customer that's going to just blow everything out of the water or anything and not applying critical thinking to that. Just sure. letting my emotion take over um, or getting a couple like, good job, you know, and like, oh, I must be on the right track. It's like, that's not enough. Like you mm -hmm. need to really stress test it. So now I try to just flip it and, you know, apply, you know, like the stress testing thing. Like, well, what if this happens? What if this, how sustainable is this? You know, this kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, like what I'm doing right now, in all honesty, I'm, you know, coaching one-on-one. -on -one. It's not sustainable for me. And this custom picking what thing, you know, do you need visualization? Do you need this? What book should you read? That's not sustainable. That's not getting me to a hundred thousand people. It's not, I know that, but I'm having, I'm in a period of dense learning. So I'm okay with it because I'm figuring out ways to make it scalable and sustainable. That's why. Sure. So the, the big lesson is applying critical thinking and removing emotion to figure mm -hmm. out if this actually fits in with your plan. Yeah. I think the removing emotion, I think is really hard because you, you get so invested in your business. It's like your baby. And then you're like, you're emotionally invested. So how do you suggest people kind of get like remove the emotion from the, their baby, their business? I think the easiest way is to have a person. Mm. I am that person for a lot of people. And I, I feel like the grim reaper a lot of times, because I'm pointing out all these things, not to be a negative Nancy, but to say, have you thought about this? Yeah. And let's, let's go with this. Let's, let's put this out a year or two and see how this actually plays out, you know, in your mind. So that, and my partner and, you know, life partner, I've been with him for 30 years. He's my business partner. Like he's absolutely my devil's advocate. Okay. And I think I, I put out good, good stuff because of what he tells me in, in my ear. And sometimes it's painful, you know, because I love him and all this kind of stuff, but he's actually telling me what I need to hear. So I think having that person is the easiest because I don't think you're going to do that to yourself. It's really yeah. hard. <laughs> really yeah. hard. So that's 
that's my answer. Find a person who you trust, but make sure they've been along the path. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, so do you, important. you suggest like a coach or a mentor? Like a if you don't have mentor, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Someone like that for that sole purpose and let them know, be full disclosure. I need you to tell me the things that are uncomfortable about the mm-hmm. situation. Yeah. And you have to be ready then for that and when yeah, they do tell your you. Work. And I don't know, that's, that's hard work to do. That's where my rejection thing came in that I'm already, whatever, you know, I'm prepared for it, mm-hmm. but that's worthy work to do. This is great. This is great. We're, we're just busting through all my questions for, for okay. my one things because you have so many great words of wisdom here. So what do you think is an entrepreneurial kind of reality that that you experience as a small business owner that people don't talk enough about? I, I, I don't know if this is universal, but this is what I felt throughout. I felt very lonely and isolated yeah. mm-hmm. because my friends who had jobs... I couldn't relate with what they were doing. They couldn't relate with what I was doing. So it's like, mm, now do we, what do we talk about? And then when I started to get successful in each of the different things, if I was talking to someone who was still struggling, I didn't want to tell them how successful I was. I didn't want to shine the light on their lack. And I didn't, I didn't want to make them feel bad. And I don't want to sit there and go, you should be doing this. You should be doing that. So at the end, that, that saying it's lonely at the top, I literally, I, I felt that way throughout the whole thing. Um, less so now I just have embraced it. You know, if they want to judge me for that, they're probably not my people. Yeah. You're like, okay. That's interesting too, that you say that since you did have, right. Like your partner along for a lot of that. And yet still kind of that lonely because it's the two of you, but yet. Well, we felt it together. So, I mean, we both would come home and say, wow, you know, so-and-so I kind of got the stink eye from them today because I talked to him about this. And so at least I had that. So lonely for the outside rest of the Yeah, yeah. Oh, totally. I think, but I think it's a very common thing. Even if you do have a partner, a business partner or a romantic partner or whatever, who's like in it with you, it's still like, it's just us. (laughs) Like here we are. Right. Like you're on an island alone. Yeah. It's yeah. 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 It's true. Um, did you find any ways to combat that? Like, did you join any groups or masterminds or anything like that? Or were you just like, I'm just doing this. Like we're going to slug through, slug through. I I did belong to a couple of them, but my, I was always in a different, like we had a global business. So when I'm talking to a a local brick and mortar plumber or something like, again, we're on totally different planes. Mm So I never really had that. And even in my Avon, I had this rare instance where I was recruited by an employee of the company. So I didn't even have a mentor. Oh, it was like a weird thing. I don't think they, most MLMs even allow that because you're supposed to be coached and mentored by the person, right. you know, by someone who's done this yeah. path before. And I didn't yeah, have that. Um, hmm. So, I, you know, and in the real estate, no, I just, I haven't had it. And even now, I mean, I call of you guys, you know, my, my tribe, you know, that's what I look at as my people, yeah. but you know, it's still kind of lonely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is. It is a really interesting reality. Uh, even just, I'm sitting in my little office. I'm like, you could go, like, if you don't walk outside and like, I don't know, go, go to the gym. It, it's hardly even open, but like, you could not see people for days <laughs> except the people like in your actual house. Like, especially now. Yeah. Especially now. Yeah. I think, yeah. Especially during the pandemic, I think it got even lonelier for a lot of entrepreneurs. Cause they're like, I can't even go work from the coffee shop. Like I can't even go sit at Starbucks. I'm just here. And I just want to say that, you know, this keyboard warrior thing, that's not the same. When I do sit with a person or do something like this, I'm like, Oh, this is so nice. It's so exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It's just nice to see people's faces and be able to like read expressions and you know, that kind of a thing. Yeah, for sure. 
Um, cool. So before we wrap up, do you have favorite books or podcasts, things that you recommend that people kind of dive into as they are on this journey? That's such a hard one for me because like I said, I'm the prescriber. So yeah, I don't yeah. have to know what your, you know, what your problem is, but I yeah, will yeah. tell you a, a couple general ones. Um, when I was 19, I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And that is when I learned about that I wanted to be a business owner and an investor and that that was the best use of my assets. So that one, if you don't know money or you're struggling with money, I think is number one. I read Think and Grow Rich every year mm-hmm. as a, oh, interesting. As every a year. primer. Um, I love Atomic Habits. I read that. I've read that three times now. I love that book. That book, the habit stacking part in that book was like a humongous game changer for me. I suddenly, I was like, wait, I just have to like put a new habit I want to join, want to have on top of a habit I already have. And, and it's literally like instantaneous. It is. Can you tell me, I'd love to talk to people about that. Tell me a couple of your habit stacks that you've done. Yeah. So one of the things I was trying to figure out, like, okay, how do I read physical books more? I listen to a lot of audio books, but I wanted to get into actually reading books I was like, I don't know. Like, I don't think I have any time. And then I realized like, I often will go get my cup of coffee and then just sit and drink it doing nothing. Oh, and first thing in the morning, you know, and suddenly I was like, why don't I just sit and drink this while reading? (laughs) And so like that, like that as simple as that, suddenly I was like done, you know, like stacked on top of it, super easy. So yeah, things like that were really a game changer for me. I love it. I know that one is really, really powerful. Um, as of recent, I'm on a kind of a biography kick and that's a new thing for me. Um, I'm really enjoying the real life journey with, with people because maybe it's this pandemic thing. Yeah. (laughs) I I want to hear something. So, um, I, I, it wasn't a biography, but, uh, Glennon Doyle's untamed. I love that. I just, I'm almost done with can't hurt me by David Goggins. That if you liked atomic habits, read that one. I I don't want to finish it. I like it so much. And then I'm reading the uh, believe it. Is that what it's called by uh, Jamie Kern Lima? The one who sold her company for 1.2 billion. She's a cosmetics. Absolutely that. And then the Matthew McConaughey, um, green lights. If you haven't read that, I've heard good things about it, but I have not yet read it. Yeah, it's it's filled with little nuggets that you will just sprinkle in throughout your life. Um, I listen to Tim Ferriss. I listen to Rich Roll. um, I listen to the Life Coach podcast. I love that. I listen. I'm just a a sponge, all of it. Um, But it really depends on where you're at. But I don't think you can go wrong. What I do think you can go wrong is thinking you're going to get it all from that stuff and not taking action. You need to do it at the same time. Yeah. Well, and this goes back to the like taking 700 online courses and doing all of that, like you got to put the action in, like you can't just keep consuming all this stuff and then never do anything with it. Right. Yeah. Crazy. All right. Well, so if people want to find you online, where can they find you? How can they connect? Absolutely. I will bend over backwards to chat with you and pick your brain and prescribe stuff and just kind of bounce ideas. I live for that. So my website is www.alreadyher.com dot com and the socials, Instagram and Facebook at already her all together. Spelled just like it is. And I believe that we all have it inside of us already. That's where the name comes from. And sometimes you just need someone to help you figure out how to unearth some of those bits that got lost and, you know, shine. I love it. Thank you so much for this conversation today. It was excellent. Super fun. Thank you so much.
All right, that's it for this week. I hope you got at least one thing from today's conversation to guide you on this crazy entrepreneurial journey you're in the midst of. If you liked what you heard, please consider sharing this episode with a fellow small business owner or leaving a review. And last, but certainly not least, let's connect on social. Message me at Rosebud Social on Instagram and Facebook. Until next week.